0: to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleech, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride more with me this evening to be answering your questions and we're gonna have a bit of a chat about Caroline's experience of working with people right up to the top level and also coaching the youth riders of BE today so a little bit about Caroline in case you didn't already know who she was um Caroline's ridden to four star she's done the four big B's badminton burley brenham sorry branham and Blenheim. that's quite a difficult mm-hmm. thing to say um Caroline also rode in the 2007 Olympic test event in Hong Kong. So that's something different for sure. Um, Caroline coaches Roz Kanter. um She also coaches the lovely Felicity Collins, who is one of our fabulous Flying Changes coaching uh, sponsored riders. And um, Caroline owns All Star B, who was Roz's gold uh, World Equestrian Games champion in Tyron in 2018. So welcome, Caroline. It's lovely to have you here.
1: Thank you very much, Jenny. Yes, thank you. Part uh, owner, all star B. So uh, Ros and I own in between each other.
0: Oh, sorry. Apologies. Part own. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that's really important, actually, when it comes to all sorts of things, and is that part ownership? Absolutely. So uh, we've got lots of questions for you tonight, Caroline. Some have come in beforehand and some may come in while we are live. So I will be keeping an eye on the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first one that that I'd like to start you off with um, is what would you say is the difference um, that mindset gives to someone? So to give some context, to this is that um, I've certainly noticed. So I've now been doing this myself for the last seven years, um, performance psychology and mindset coaching. And I definitely noticed that it seems to be the thing that gives people like the real edge. Now it's one of those, what we call incremental gains. It's something that really gives people an edge. Mm-hmm. And um, I think traditionally it was sort of ignored a little bit perhaps in the equestrian world and 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 kind of things were um, put more onto whether or not your horse had the ability. But I think now it's changing. What are your thoughts do you think on on mindset and and the way that it can give riders a bit of an
1: edge? Um, very interesting question. Um, so just going back, as you said, it used to be, uh, well, it still is very much, a, um, a skills-based sport, um, but having the edge over somebody else, um, just in the, the, the mental side of it is, a um, would have a really big impact on, um, your ability to go from being in possibly, um, you know, the, the sort of between the top five and 10 to being, um, right up between in the top five. Um, and this isn't actually what happens at a competition for me. This is about the whole um, coaching the horse. And when we talk about mindset, um, um, we're looking for riders really that have um, an, an ability to um, be to challenge themselves a little bit in their own riding and in their own, own what they do with their horses at home, rather than keep themselves in a, a little comfort zone. Um, and it's riders that um, want to just put a little bit more effort into their work and they see the bigger picture. So um, it's not actually, I don't think about what actually happens at the event, it's about everything, the effort that that the ride puts into the tiny little uh, attention to detail things at home. Um, And I think it's, it's often I believe it's how somebody's is brought up in into the sport and um uh, how they've had to fight for something um i I teach one rider um that um i, I think she's she's got a lot of um natural skills as a, as a rider um and she's had so many knockbacks in in her career um she's she's still um under the age of 21 but as, as ponies she, she had a knockback because the pony became injured and then she was a, about to get into a, a junior squad and the same thing happened uh, then she had an injury herself so she was really nearly getting everywhere and she keeps having knockbacks but she's a real fighter and I think she, she's um, got massive attributes from the fact that she has been knocked back a bit and obviously that's a very fragile thing um, and not all riders would um benefit from that but it's not been handed on a plate and I think she's going to be um topped because of it yes it's an interesting thing mindset yeah I'd like to talk about it a bit tonight
0: yeah definitely we're going to have lots of lots of questions about it and obviously I find it completely fascinating having built an entire career around it as well. Um, so what would you say then is the difference between the mindset of let's say an amateur rider and a pro or maybe even a young rider who really wants to come up through the ranks? What have you noticed?
1: Um, I think you can I, I think always think it is about um, the the more amateur and the more professional rider because I think you can have an Amateur rider um, that that maybe has a horse only at a certain level and they are only at a certain level, but actually they've they've got a real um, growth mindset that they can be champions in their own right at their level, whereas I work with um, quite a lot of professionals that I would just uh, I, I find very frustrating because they don't open themselves out to to more challenges um, and they don't put themselves out of their box a little bit so I know that when push comes to the shove they they're still going to be uh, not as good as the the person that that actually would put a little bit more into it um, so I don't think it's a good question but I, I don't think it's anything to do with amateur and professional I think it's right across the board yeah
0: Thank you. That's really interesting. And and certainly um, something that I've definitely found as well working with different people at different levels is that actually it's about how much you want something, how much you're motivated and driven, how much you're prepared to put the effort in, isn't it? And also about something that we talk about all the time, which is growth mindset, isn't it? Now, um, I have here your winning factor PDF. Mm-hmm. um that you have put on your Facebook page haven't you so if anyone wants to um take a look at this and download it it's absolutely brilliant so what was it that made you decide to put this pdf together because I know you launched it as a result of coronavirus and, and lockdown and things didn't you yeah. what, was it, what was your thinking around it
1: um, I did it a, a good couple of years ago actually and um, it was done at um, the back end of the year after the evented season had finished and I was going on holiday um, and as soon as I get on a plane I start thinking um, and every, at the back end of every year we think about slightly performance profiling some of the riders so they stay motivated through the winter, excuse me, um, and look forward to the next season. Um, And I just got thinking and writing, and I was reading at the same time as well. Um, And um, I I just sort of put it together a little bit more for myself to try and keep myself on the straight and narrow as far as the um, the relationship goes between coach and athlete. Um, But very interesting, uh, probably about four years ago after a, um, a junior Europeans, I had um, six riders on the squad um, that were all from completely different backgrounds. And I decided to um, profile them quietly to myself um, without really probing them, but actually looking into their backgrounds, how they were brought up, um, um, whether they had one horse or three horses or whatever, and and their privileges and also about their their parents, whether they came from a first generation uh, family or they came from a sporting background. or So all of those things put together gave me a little bit of a, um, a blueprint of what you know, the, the sort of winning person champion would be. Um, and um, I mean, it, it's, it's as I was saying to you earlier that I've not really read really a lot about uh, psychology, but only from what you know, I've done as a coach. Um, but find it fascinating about how um, the riders go up through the grades and it's all to do with whether they believe or not, yes.
0: Thank you. And I think the piece that I really love is actually that there's lots of really good stuff in it, by the way, everyone. So do download it and have a really good look. Um, And what I love is the fact that what you've just said is that actually you haven't learnt formally psychology. What you've done is you we call it modeled. You modeled people. You found out about them and what it is that makes them good and interestingly enough the the form of um, applied psychology that I use to underpin everything I do, that I do was is based on modeling people who are really good at stuff to find out how they did it um, and so the the piece that I absolutely love is that it, you don't have to have learned this stuff formally you know you can of course we all do courses that you can come on you can come and learn from us formally and things as well you can have one-to-one coaching But you can pick up so much of this by what we call modeling people who are doing well. And the first paragraph of your of your um, how to win within training talks about finding a role model and watching good practice on YouTube. people such as Ingrid, Roz, Michael Young, and and they take pride, they take personal responsibility in this. Um, So I suppose um, the actual question after a long rambling there is. Who's, have you ever had role models or anyone that you've particularly looked to to, to you know, aspire to or to learn from in any particular way?
1: Um, I think um, I mean I, I'm, I'm a coach rather than a rider so even though I've ridden to a, a high level it was never at a, um, a high competitive level um, I was fairly successful and the horses were actually given to me and it, it was um, it completely different to how it is nowadays so um, I, I'm a coach and as far as um, um, I go um, in, in my career career I, I feel every single day I learn New things. Um, I mean, even today, I'm learning new things all of the time, uh, and that's what's really, really great about it. And you get to a, a pinnacle or a place where, you know, you've gained so much from everybody else. Um, but specifically, uh, my my first role model, um, uh, the person I really looked up to, is a um, gentleman called Kenneth clawson who sadly is not with us anymore, um, and he. Was I mean his attention to detail was was really refreshing. Just coming into the sport at the particular time when skin is starting to was starting to be less than uh, one point eight meters wide, sort of thing. They're starting to become narrower, and um, uh, and I really picked up so much from him as far as um, uh, taking every little tiny area, breaking it down and making sure that you did everything to the best of your possible ability that you could. And there was no room for cutting corners. Um, And I also worked alongside uh, Yogi Reisner um, for quite a long time, uh, who was massively inspirational for me. Um, and then just recently I've learnt um, as well through Roz so much from um, Chris Martle, who's obviously come onto uh, sort of the British scene or back to the British scene um, in the last sort of um, three years and just learn masses um, from uh, the equitation side again, just um, experimenting with different things that um, I found really, really works. And um, has given me again, um, a new sort of refresh of life as far as my coaching goes um over the last few years. Um and I've put that into practice with a lot of riders and yeah. So um I mean it, it's great to work with lots of other coaches. Um so yes.
0: Great. So you mentioned Roz. Um now Ros is one of your more high profile, but you Tamiella you work with is it around about sixty people you've got on your books in all sorts yeah. of levels?
1: Um. Yes, I I work with a a lot of riders um, sort of regularly, um, probably a good 60 or 70 uh, regular um, people that I work with. And then uh, I do all the clinics as well. Um, But a massive range of riders that come up in all sorts of shapes and sizes with different um, strings of horses um, at different levels. And I I feel very privileged to work with a lot of the riders because it's um, I, again, learn so much from it yeah
0: so um in particular then so you you know like you say you work at all different levels but a lot of us are fascinated by those at the top because it's like a little world we don't get an insight into very often unless we're privileged Mm -hmm. enough to dig around in that area um how did you or what do you think your role was in in helping roz to achieve her her gold in in i can never say it is it try on try on i think that's how we say it, not it in 2018 because that was certainly a testing um event in itself wasn't it but uh what was what would you say your role was with Roz as a coach from both a skills and a mindset perspective in in that role do you think
1: so um if we take that back a little bit and i, I talk a little bit about my uh role with Roz. um um so just as as any coach athlete um, and their relationship starts at the beginning a little bit that um, the um, the coach will learn a bit from the rider and the uh, or the athlete and the athlete will work a little bit with, with uh, learn from the coach so then you come across um, a bit of a system that you work together with um, and that's sort of happened over the last um, probably about the last eight years um, eight or nine years um, maybe even longer actually um, so I've been. Um, almost I'd like to think um, like a mentor for Ros, eyes on the ground, a little bit more of a, um, uh, a coach instructor at the very beginning and then as she develops her own system um, with myself and other trainers um, I become you know somebody to bounce um, things off um, and we'll often talk to her three times a week on the phone and, and see each other a little bit through the, um, through the season, through the winter. Um, I bought um all or starby um, as a rising five year old from Veer Phillips um, and just started him off um, a little bit myself and then when I turned into uh, I became the junior coach I decided to hang my boots up as such and um, concentrate more on the coaching so um uh, Emily Parker rode in for a little while and then Roz uh, took over so then um along with Roz's other horses, I work a lot with um her and Alby a little bit in the jumping uh, phase, and um, Ian Woodhead works a lot with her with the um, on the flat work on the dressage. So then um, very exciting. We we've gone through a, a Europeans where um, um, you know I was very involved on the on the on the ground at Stragon, um, and then. Um, through to um, a couple of badmintons and then through to very exciting WEG, where um, it was a really difficult thing, really, because when you're at a, um, a championship, uh, a world championship or, a, or Olympics, for example, um, you get accreditation as an owner. And then there's the, the coaches. So um, um, Chris and Dickie very kindly let me work um, alongside Roz. Um, so You know, Roz at this stage um, um, doesn't really need anybody on the ground at all. She has completely her own system. Everything could fall down around her and she would still come out knowing exactly uh, what's in the forefront of her mind. So as coaches on the ground uh, at a championship, senior championships, you're only really there to back up what they think um, if they look to you at that in that time so um, that's that's really the role and to bounce things off and just to give them clarity and and reassurance um really they don't really need it but and i don't just speak with Roz. i would say you know with all the senior riders at that level they've got to a stage on their own merits um slightly different um at the junior and young rider um level when it comes to a championships they all although in their own work at home would be very independent um, at a championship um, when there's a lot more um, pressure on them, uh, they it, you'd probably almost go back to not quite an instructor model, but um, they they sometimes would look for their hand ho- holding, um, whereas at senior level that doesn't happen. So it's a very interesting do you know to work at um, junior, young rider and senior level. It's, it's, it's really interesting to work across the board
0: now that's a that's a very interesting dynamic isn't it what do you think it is then that means that the juniors potentially need a little bit more hand-holding at at, at a championship compared to the seniors
1: i i think it's probably just because they've possibly not been in that situation before where um they're they're competing for their country and although they might be very um secure in what they do and they they know what they're um you know they've got themselves there on their own merit, but actually when it really boils down to it um and and almost as a coach initially to start with you might just question yourself because there's a lot you know there's a gold medal riding on it so um um, it's just you, you do look for for a little bit more reassurance in that situation if you're lacking in a little bit of experience yeah
0: Oh, it's interesting as well to hear it from your perspective as a coach that it, it's really nice to hear that for other coaches to have permission to not have all the answers and you know to, to need some reassurance and and to have that real two-way relationship with your coaches I mean how do you see that relationship yourself
1: um I I love doing a um a fair bit of um sort of coaching the coaches or overseeing um CPD because um and also people shadowing as well because um, so I learn masses from from that, them as well. You know, we'll often have discussions about what we're seeing in front of in uh, front of us. And especially when I'm on my normal sort of 13 hour day, um, you know, sometimes it's really good to have somebody else just stand back and and say, just 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 look at this. And even if it's just looking at a horse's confirmation, how it's affecting their, you know, their jump or or something. So um, I I absolutely love working with other coaches because you just learn masses from them. Yes. Yeah.
0: And as a coach yourself, then, what would you say? um how important do you think it is to understand about rider psychology and mindset in order to help riders along from a coach's perspective yes.
1: um well i mean it, it is the top priority because you're going to coach somebody so for example if we took three examples of um riders uh, and i can think of, of, of lots of riders i helped that would be like this um you you'd have a um, a rider that would thrive on on praise all the time and, and they would ride well from it and they would thrive on it and and um, um they would need it and I would have to understand that and to make sure that you know they benefit from from it um then you might have a rider that if you if you praise they suddenly think that actually they, they need to be challenged even harder and um, they don't like praise and and they feel a bit. Um, that you're not really giving them enough to do and you have to work that one out Um, and then you have uh, other riders that um, if you give if you critique them at all um, even in a tiny way they question themselves so as soon as I walk into a session I have to work out how I'm going to give feedback to that rider to to, for it to be of a a huge impact for them because otherwise you know you, you you as well know you 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 utter one wrong word and you can bring everything down around you um and i i found that and you know as a coach you learn you can't read that you you learn that through experience sadly
0: yeah it's like everything isn't it you can you can learn the tools from a book um but you've got to go and put them into practice and test them out haven't you and it's the same with riding isn't it really no one's ever learned to ride from a book you've got to go and put it into practice and test it out and get things wrong. So one of the interesting things about, you know, growth mindset, which you've talked about in your winning factor PDF is um, the idea that we're always learning. And one of the phrases that I absolutely love is fail fast and get the feedback. Now we're not talking massive failure here. Like we're talking little bits and, and um, you, you, you call it the same thing as me, which is your process goals. So your little bits that you're working on every day and, and testing with those. What are your sort of thoughts on, um, Failure, for want of a better word, but you know, learning from your mistakes and 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 working out the boundaries of of what's right for you and your horse.
1: Yeah, so I always think exactly what you just said there. There, there isn't actually any fail. You, you you it's not failure. It is just feedback as such, um, and it's how you um, you absorb that feedback. So um, I, I think it it's different. Riders can take a certain amount of um, kick back all the time so um, if things were going constantly wrong there'll be some riders that actually just shrivel back and you need to drop everything right back down again build their confidence back up again Um, and that's that's no bad thing because actually when you rebuild things you're probably putting them more in place so later on you know it's actually quite a good thing um and um sorry just repeat again that um
0: yeah i went off the- yeah no no that's that was perfect um no it's absolutely brilliant um because i like what you're saying which is if you if you make a mistake or you get something that's not quite right if we want to you know the, the problem is just like you said earlier we use language and language means so much to people that one word can mean something catastrophic to someone the word mistake could be something that you never want to do and to other people it's like oh well never mind you know i'll learn from it so um this concept of not quite getting it right let's put it that way and learning that you have to
1: rebuild them okay. um what are your thoughts on on on? well um some people um like me as a coach um and others find that i am uh i do push the boundaries a little bit and i i am very careful in in horses confidence levels um but um i do believe that um people do learn from from little tiny mistakes so I would be a great one to give them a task to do uh, without too much uh, information about it to start with um, and let them make a little mistake as long as if it's jumping it's not harmful for the horse there's a great ground line uh, blah 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 but um, I, I thrive on the coaching side of people making tiny little mistakes and we chatting about it and them sort of saying, oh, cracky, I, you know, I shouldn't have done that. But again, I've got to really work out which riders I can do that with because I've sometimes done it with riders and realized it's a huge mistake, um, especially uh, probably a week before a competition um, that I haven't necessarily overfaced them, but I've put them in a competitive place in their training and they found it very difficult so that's a great learning curve for me yeah
0: and without mentioning any names who or what type of people probably is a better way of putting it are your most challenging
1: people to coach do you think um i think the the ones that don't believe quite in themselves because you're forever um giving them that that um that push that you, you know you can't just say it with words you have to find ways of exercises that make them believe in themselves um, and that's not difficult because i can give them things that um are difficult to jump with an easy approach so i might use a setup fence that uh, that brings them nicely into a really difficult corner so then they start believing that they can do that but i could make um that corner half the size and put it more in a difficult place, and I could wreck that person's confidence, if that makes sense. So it's about making them believe that they can do big and better things and they can walk a course and really believe in it, but actually I've quietly set them up. So I've given them a dummy without them realizing it. And you know, don't worry, I won't let them go up the levels with, with that dummy, but um, it's sometimes really essential that you do that in the first place, yeah.
0: And what is it that do you think helps you to realise that they need the dummy? <laughs> if we're going to going to call it in the nice way, that that sort of gentle bit of, of extra support, shall we call it? How do you how do you kind of um, realise that?
1: The first thing is the way they interpret what the the challenge is that they've got to do. So I might walk something out for them or uh, show them what they've got to do. Um, and some will will pop straight into it and um, uh, um, get themselves off in a in a good canter. And others will start looking at it, going walking it themselves, questioning it, questioning it a little bit re-questioning me and straight away um if i don't know that horse and rider alarm bells will ring a little bit that i'm pushing them out of their zone um, and straight away i'd be the first one to drop the um the level of the the challenge down so they feel confident in the first place um, and it's a really difficult fine line um, and it's not just jumping it's on the flat as well it's how much you push them on the flat but certainly with jumping it's about width and height and angle and slice so just moving something another foot will will really um make something overly difficult but i like to work on um something that's fairly technical but um easy to jump because of the height and easy to get at. So the more amateur rider will think that they're ready for burley almost in a in a nice sort of way. So they go away thinking that they really can do this. Yeah.
0: Yeah and the phrase I like um for that is that competence builds confidence. So it's a mixture of the two and and I love the fact that you clearly understand that um confidence is a balance of belief. In your skills but also in your skills because we do sometimes get and I don't know if you've come across them but the people that don't actually have the skill they've got a huge amount of belief that they do Um, and they're sort of what we call the overconfident and generally what happens it might go a little bit wrong and then they'll realize we kind of hope it doesn't go too wrong don't we um but what we tend to find in people that have lost their confidence is it's the other way they got those skills they can actually do it but for whatever reason it's been knocked or they haven't had a great training or someone something's happened they've had a traumatic experience something like it's knocked and they don't have that that belief anymore Mm -hmm. um so what kind of advice maybe would you give either to riders or coaches whichever you feel Mm -hmm. more experienced with if they have had a bit of a knock or something's happened and they've got those skills Mm -hmm. but they're just not really believing in them what would you what advice would you give
1: Um, Well, I think the most important thing that all riders um, and and coaches should work on is a building block um, effect of of training. So we put our real basics in and then build on, like bolt onto those until um, they're highly skilled enough to be able to answer the question that the course designer is asking. Um, And I I call it and I I think I really got this from Yogi, actually, um, what we call a cup of confidence that you keep adding to that that cup all of the time. And some bits are gonna spill out occasionally and you just have to keep adding it in. So basically what for me that means, you keep um, the exercises um, um, basic all of the time. So good quality basics, build on. um, And then as soon as something goes slightly wrong, you drop down a couple of blocks, create those basics again, and then move on from there. And where it goes wrong, as we know, is when those basics aren't in place in the first place. And that's where um, my tiny little Cavaletti and little poles and and the exercises that I really believe in, um, we're we're training horse and riders to do highly skillful things with with low fences and low impact um, exercises. So they have the skills to be able to jump a decent track um, with, with the building blocks at the bottom.
0: That's great. I love that. And the the analogy that I like as as well that beautifully goes with that is the idea that if you build a wall with big blocks and one of the blocks gets smashed or has a problem, the wall collapses. But if you build it with little tiny ones, it can still stay up whilst you plug that gap. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's exactly what you've just described there as well. Uh So how do you cope then, Caroline? You must have come across these is generally it can be from the pushy parents, sometimes it's from the rider themselves, but particularly when we're talking about young people, it can be um, external influence as opposed to internal. Older people, it tends to be internal reference, i.e. themselves saying um that they're putting the pressure on that you know you're building their confidence you're building their ability maybe keeping especially if you are talking about jumping keeping the the level low the height low increasing the difficulty but they want to go and do that b100 that novice even that 90 or whatever it is but you know actually you've been training them at a nice low level to keep the building this confidence but they they want to go out and do it they want to go and do it they they think they're ready and mm. they want to do it But actually, maybe there's something missing. How do you deal with a rider that has got a goal and you know is determined to do it, but perhaps you 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 don't feel that maybe they're quite on form for that?
1: Um well the first thing is is I I look at um the skill set of the horse and rider and make a decision on what level I think they 're going to be best at to gain or the majority of their education, so it might be that they might be moving up to a level um, as you say that perhaps they're, 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 there are some areas that might be a little bit weaker, but as long as they are um, safe weaknesses and they 're going to learn from that next level, that to me is absolutely fine because um they're starting at the bottom and they will get educated at that level whether it's novice level three star level uh whatever um the problem is is when that those weak weaker areas are um slightly unsafe um you know problems and it might be through a control issue it might be that the horse can't um, land on a straight line, it might be that um, uh, the rider's lacking in a little bit of balance and is forever be- in front or behind of the movement. And that's the time when um, we'll sit down and have a, uh, a chat with the, 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 the athlete and, and think a little bit about um, getting them to try and recognise that they're not quite ready to move up that level um some riders will will move up the level and be quite happy to be um, in the bottom half of that section uh, and be non-competitive really uh, just because they're getting the experience and then you get other riders that are actually frightened of moving up the level because they're potentially not going to be um, as competitive as they want to be and that's sometimes really very important to them so there, there is a very fine balance Um, And the first and foremost for me is safety.
0: And one of the things um, that I have noticed, and perhaps you have as well now, is that no matter what level someone's at nowadays, they can be an ambassador for someone, they can be a sponsor for someone, they can be supported by someone who is expecting in return for them to be posting on social media or putting themselves out there or putting pictures. And, and even at the lowest of levels now, there is pressure for people to perform Mm. um for sponsors or for the team around them and and they feel like you know they they really want they're in the limelight even even competing at the lower levels all the way up to the top as well and and I I know coaching people myself at the top we actually have to prep them for being in the limelight it's something that they they haven't really considered um Mm. when they're heading towards stardom as it were you know um, so what are your thoughts, particularly for the young riders and the people that are much more on social media and much more out there nowadays um, around that coping under the pressure or the perceived pressure of, of being seen?
1: Yes. Um, well, to me, it's it's one of um, the, the biggest issues that we have to work with is peer pressure amongst the teenagers um, because it can have um a a massive debilitating factor i feel on on their performance Um, and you'll sometimes see it quite quite a lot um, when um, you know a rider has um you know a a fairly good event um you know they'll pop around the cross country and uh, maybe have two or three show jumps down maybe do quite a poor dressage but um when they post it on on facebook for example um there'll be excuses for every reason why they did a 40 test or had two rails down. It was the horse coming out of the arena or the so um it's a real shame that um that that's where um you know I'd like to, you know to chat to that particular rider and say hey you know um it was great that you went cross country really well and you know there was loads to take from it. Um, but we've got to steer away from uh, the making the excuses because that, that's the, the, the start of major problems. Um, but going back to your question, excuse me, um, is, is how the riders actually deal with uh, the pressure. Um, I think um, the first thing they they've got to understand is it's a sport that they are competing against themselves. So every event that they do, it's about them coaching the horse and the performance. So if they get that sort of mindset, they won't be disappointed um, if things go wrong. And yes, of course, they've got to chat to owners, sponsors, uh, people that are backing them, uh, and explain that it's, uh, you know, I mean, I was talking to you earlier about it. Um, I like to think of a a four-year program, um, just just purely because of like an Olympic four-year program. So you're always thinking, of um getting how you're going to get um to your top level in in the next four years so you explain to the owners that actually um it was probably quite a good thing that you went a little bit slower there and um you know it was a training event so that's how i would try and get the riders to really think about it and then they won't put the pressure on themselves to be in the top three um just talking about that i think um one of my uh biggest problems i i think that we well i think that we come across is um the pressures of the youngsters in the squads um and uh, you know it's something we, we chat regularly to them about but often uh, if you have riders that at a very early age maybe medal at pony level um they they have a little bit of a um, I mean, it's great that that happens. And then um, they feel sometimes that they've got to maintain that. Um, and by maintaining it, sometimes they don't actually go out of their comfort zone and, and, and have a few problems. And the other big problem with that is that um, uh, with all of the, the youth um, squads, uh, they have to trial very early on in the season. Um, and. In their eyes, they've got to make no mistakes, um, which is, well, you know, I know it's one of the worst things that can happen to a rider if they think like that. So um, anybody that that I work with, it's all about, you know, you're putting out the best you possibly can. And if you decide to take an event and say this is going to be a training event, even though it's a trial, um, you would, you know, chat to the selectors that. This is your plan because you think it's going to be more beneficial for your horse to run at that speed rather than run at that speed on this particular event. And, you know, I think that's really, really important that it's not just about going out and um, winning all the time. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's where the two of us very much agree on the idea of the product versus the process goal, isn't it? The product being a win, lose, place, percentage, anything like that, qualification even sometimes um it's a yes no black white fail win type situation and although we obviously want those and they might be part of a longer term plan Uh
1: um
0: you know actually the thing to be focused on is what you can control your mind your body your horse and even then it's if you know how and if they're on on with you that day isn't it and and you know all the other things that you can't do anything about you've got to let go of um and i think that's that's again something that i know that you're very much um Aligned with as well.
1: Yes, I think um, I try and encourage riders to believe in performance over outcome, as you as you were just saying. So um, if they come out of the arena with um, a fence down, but the horse has jumped in a great rhythm, um, he's felt lovely in the ra- down the rain. You felt that your position was good and you you cope with no nerves and all of the little things that you're trying to achieve. Um, you'd be massively happier over that than than jumping a clear round. Um, with it being out of balance and and tapping six of the you know twelve fences so um getting riders to really focus on on you know the the performance rather than just the outcome of the event and uh, a lot of professional riders now they you know that they understand that and um, they 've worked that through uh, it's it's the younger group that is re- it 's really important that 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 is got to be first and foremost because the the younger riders, they are their horses' coaches. And they are their horses' trainers. Um, and if you keep thinking about like that, like that, you you know you, you produce uh, the goods in the end.
0: And talking about the younger riders, then I know that some of the pony club have been watching the the live, and it's been shared around, and I'm sure it will also be shared quite a lot after this. There's so many fabulous things that you're talking about. Um, how do you let's? How do we put this? tackling how do you support parents to be able to fully support their children in a way that's helpful because you know i've done lots of workshops for parents and things and they're only trying to do their very best for that child but often it can be coming out in ways that aren't massively helpful so how much involvement do you have in you know coaching the parents as much as anything and what advice might you give to other coaches or maybe even parents that want the best for their child
1: um It's a very interesting question. I work a lot with um, uh, the the parents in in a way that um, if if I come across something that uh, I think needs uh, a real good discussion, it will be done um, parent to coach without the the rider there prior to start with. Um, And I would try and recognise any issues um, straight away if I thought there's parental pressure that was causing... Uh, problems with a rider's performance Um, sometimes we see the the riders pressed to do things when uh, they're not overly keen on doing it there's other things in their life as well Um, and that's the time when you try and encourage the the parents to give them other hobbies as well so they get a good um, um, all-round sort of growth in life um but um I, I think not to be frightened to go and uh, chat with parents i would i would be quite quick and probably um a little bit sharp with parents if they intervened in in a session that i was doing without um without me encouraging it um and um then go and apologize afterwards um which is a bit awful really but i i would be quite strict strict on that um and one of the, the rudest things I, I really feel it really is a book of mine is if the uh, child and uh, or the athlete and the, the parents start having a conversation in the middle of a session um, I, I would wouldn't, wouldn't be overly happy about that but uh, um, but long term I mean we see a lot of um, um, superbly supportive parents um, for the children I mean it's a uh, completely different sport nowadays to what it was um, 20 plus years ago um, in in a way that um, there's so much money involved and support and great horsepower and it's a lot more professional and that's that's where it it becomes a little bit trickier. There's a lot of pressure put on these riders to to make improvements. Um, The other such an important thing is that um, we often see these, these younger riders at a very stressful time uh, with school. And as a coach, I'd advise any coaches that um, the schoolwork has got to come first and foremost because um, that's their future. Yeah, it gripes me sometimes when we've got Europeans to get to, but um, it's first and foremost always, yeah.
0: Well, it's it's good to hear you say that. I'm sure there's a lot of parents thinking, yes, thank goodness, Caroline said that. If my child is listening, I shall get there to listen in. (laughs) so i've got a couple of questions coming actually from felicity and i think they fit in beautifully to ask you now so felicity's actually said what advice would you give to one of your pupils who's desperately keen to compete in youth programs such as juniors but they might not have a horse that's good enough um and is this something that you actually come across very often
1: um so i always believe the horse is good enough so that that's that's uh that's a, that's a good question felicity but uh um Uh, So take, for example, um, the junior level, Um, they have to trial it, it, it's it's two star and they sometimes trial it, uh, do some three star as well. Um, So they've got to be sort of edging towards intermediate. But the championship is only at a metre 15 and it's a novice test. Um, So, especially at that level, through the last sort of 10 years, I have seen all different shapes and sizes, ponies, um, 17-handers, every imaginable size, and it boils down to great training Uh, to be able to do a square halt, um, uh, you know, a correct medium trot, uh, being able to have your horses in the the correct way, shape, um, and they don't have to be flashy, they just have to be very, very correctly trained on the flat. Uh, the jumping side of it, they'll either have the scope or they won't have the scope. But even if horses have uh, poor technique um, or maybe not the scope to go much further than juniors, most riders would, um, through training, would um, get them there. So my answer to that is never believe that your horse isn't good enough. Um, and it would be that you go back to really good basics. Make sure that uh, you train your horse to be the best it possibly can um and it might not be um um uh, a big moving uh a big flashy horse but it might win over um those sort of horses because it's possibly um uh you've developed it as a partnership that it really trusts you 100 percent so never believe that they're not good enough yeah oh i love that
0: that's fantastic that's 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 so nice for so many riders to hear because, you know, one of the things that I spend a lot of time looking at sometimes is riders' goals. And and I say, look, you know, if you're absolutely desperate to have a goal that your horse, for whatever reason, isn't capable of, you know, it may be compromised um from a physical perspective it may be an age thing it may be something uh, you know whatever it might be if you're desperate to have that goal then you may need to consider that partnership and whether perhaps you need access to other horses somehow but if that if that partnership to you is the most important thing and you adore that horse and there is absolutely no way that you're gonna do it without that horse, then you need to reassess your goals as to what the two of you can achieve as a team, as a partnership. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, no, absolutely. But just going back to um, just a moment of what we were talking uh, talking about, um, uh, probably about eight or nine years ago, probably maybe even 10 years ago, um, um, I was working with a rider and she had a five-year-old horse and um it was a nice horse again not flashy and just an average jump and we made it our goal to um go to the juniors and um as a 7 year old it went it went and won um a double gold and she just put absolutely everything in place and we just worked through everything methodically and you obviously have a little bit of luck on your side uh and she went as an individual and and won you know double gold so again it's it's just about Um, As you say, putting the belief in place and making sure that you train for every halt to be square and uh, every center line to be straight. Yeah.
0: Fab okay well I totally take back the conversations I've been having with people around that then I'm going to say to them now Caroline says if you put in the right work your horse will be able to do it (laughs) so another question here then is would you say that someone would have to start competing in the sport from a young age to be successful in it and to go through ponies juniors young riders or does it not really matter that much that's I think that's quite a common misconception actually to get Mm -hmm. to the top levels that you have to have started like before you could walk
1: well let's uh, let's take ros for example then um, so ros came through pony club um, on a um uh, a very um average pony they're not onto a uh, a nice horse that um she bought just um just very locally um and she managed to do, uh, um some young riders with him but again not particularly majorly successful he was just a um uh, a very average uh, little horse and then um she actually uh went off to university and just and did a little bit of traveling um didn't do any of the the youth squads after that um and didn't go around burley um until she uh was just turning 30 as her first um it was a four star at the time and it's turned five star now so um so if you take ros for example she hasn't she's taken her time to to put the the basics in really really well. Ride lots of younger horses. Um, being, and she came up through um, the coaching of Judy Bradwell, um, taking the younger horses through to um, the Burling Young Ventos classes. So really learnt her basics through that, um, and didn't really jump an advanced track until you know well later on. Um, so she's an ex- a, a top example of somebody coming up slightly later through the sport, but putting great basics in. At the beginning and we see so much um, of, of riders wanting to, to to nip up the levels um, fairly quickly you can understand why if they've got um a scopy horse underneath them and it's available to them and that bramham under 25 is calling to them and they're qualified for it um and and that's absolutely fine as long as it's safe but you know you'd hope that they'd make little minor mistakes learn from it and go back and and put the basics back in place again
0: Wow, that's that's super inspirational then. So if if someone, even if they have done all that and they fancy a break, they want some time off, they're not going to have suddenly forgotten everything, are they? They might be a bit rusty when they come back to it, but actually sometimes a a break is as good as anything then.
1: Definitely, absolutely, yes, yes, yeah.
0: That's really good to know as well from a young person perspective that actually they can go away for a little while, see the world, do other things, like you say, go to university or do whatever they want, gain an education somewhere else in something non-horsey so they've got a backing, a background. Mm. Um, and then come back to it. And that's OK. You know, if that's if that's what they choose to do, then there's definitely an option there.
1: I think so. And and um, I think riders get to the age of um, 21 and, and 22 and they're sort of moving out of sort of the youth scene and moving a little bit more towards seniors into the big wide world. It, it's, it's a very hard, hard, hard sport because um, it's always based around whether you're um, competing at the top and whether you're winning or not and it shouldn't be shouldn't be like that it should be the fact that you're you're doing your job really well you're producing your horses correctly for the sport um, and hopefully making a small amount of money at the same time but you know if you're in the sport generally speaking you are probably just breaking even um, and hopefully so to to enjoy what you do.
0: Great. Thank you. Okay, so I've got a couple of kind of technical questions for you now, rather than the mindset related ones. And I have to kind of squeeze these in in the last few minutes, if that's okay. So um, I think probably a quick one here. Um, What's the most common training exercise you find yourself referring back to in day to day coaching?
1: Um, I think that would be um, the three cavaletti exercise of lengthening and shortening the canter. At the touch of a button so you've always got the ability to open and close the counter uh, with quality to it.
0: Fab thank you I like the fact that we can do some quick fires on this this is fantastic okay so um, some advice for someone who's new to cross-country and has, has now started having to learn to ride skinnies what would you give to them as a suggestion on how they can start doing that?
1: Uh, ride some good serious centre lines make sure you can hold a straight line to start with um, ride through lots of uh lines of flags or poles on the ground so um you're you're riding through narrow areas and your horse is confident doing that um and then keeping it very small very comfortable to the horse and um every time you jump or every time you do a little bit of work in your arena bring that sort of work in so it's repetitive all the time yeah
0: perfect thank you okay um This one from Susie, Um, what exercises would you do for a young horse at home that's green but and learning to jump at home?
1: Um, I think that's all about building confidence and making sure that your uh, the patterns, the the, the canter stride patterns um, are very regular for the horse so I would do lots of related distances, very small on true distances so the horse um, lands and you can ride forward on a certain pattern to the next fence. And then once the horse is confident with that, you can build that second fence up. Um, so he starts to jump a bigger fence, put on a good stride pattern where you're not having to worry about seeing a stride or, um, or anything like that.
0: Okay, perfect. And uh, possibly last of the quick fire questions unless any others come through. Um, oh yes, no, another one's come through. Right, bear with me, sorry. I've just got to scroll back up to see the one that I did have. Okay, so what advice would you give to someone
1: who trains a lot by themselves? Um, I think that's that's a very uh, good question. I think um, make sure that you think about what you're going to do every single time you ride. doesn't matter what level. You wouldn't expect um, an athlete, uh, a track athlete or a, another athlete to go out and, and practice uh, without actually putting uh, some form of plan in what they're going to do. So um, have a plan of what you're going to do, to do in that session make sure that you probably put a floor plan down so you are measuring all the time whether you're doing things accurately or not um and just keep um try and encourage somebody to video you as well so you can actually just just look back on what you're doing and and sort of self-critique
0: super thank you that's really helpful for me when I get back into riding again (laughs) my horse is on lockdown right now so I can't even see him so he's being ridden by someone far more talented than me so it'll be interesting when I get back into riding yeah I'm seeing this as competition livery I'm seeing this as he is being he is being trained very nicely so that when I get back I'm just hoping I can keep up (laughs)
1: Yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> OK, so uh, this one then. As a coach, what would be the last thing you'd usually say to a rider just before they go cross country or into the ring? That's really key, actually.
1: I think that very much depends on um, the, the rider and the horse. So um, with with, um, you know, certain riders, I might have something that um, I might just say, keep your eyes up, don't forget the bell um, or just um, good luck or it might be rhythm um but it's really important that that it's specific for for that type of rider i remember one year uh, at a european's um um about probably about six years ago in in poland uh myself and the performance manager said to a a rider just before um he went out the start box um go and ride it like you stole it <laughs> which actually just meant go and really um, enjoy it, and, and um, you know, re- anyway, he did, he went how that start box so fast, he shouldn't, you know, and, and uh, he made a mistake at the the first corner, and I will always blame myself for that, because I encouraged him to um, go out of the, rather than, I should have said, pick up a nice rhythm, go and enjoy, um, but he was a competitive person, and I'm still learning my trade at the time, and a big mistake, Yeah
0: so that sounds to me like it just needs to be something encouraging that's based on something you've already used as common language in your training that's just going to remind them of something off they go because it'll be the last thing in their head as they head out of that Starbucks.
1: exactly that yes yes cool
0: super well that's the questions for now um that have come in so thank you for the quick fire round i really appreciate some short sharp answers there we're coming to the end of our time caroline is there anything that you'd like to add or maybe ask me or um that you would like to elaborate on or anything before we say thank you very much
1: nothing that i can really think about um apart from um just i think um as a rider and, and a coach, um, whatever you are, make sure that you, you stick to um, your own philosophies and, and your beliefs and don't get swayed too much. Either way, you know you know what, what's good for you um, and try and develop a system that, um, you know, suits you and your horse and stick to it because if you do, it will give you confidence. Um, your horse will know uh, what you're asking him to do. Um, and yeah, it's about system and, and um, building up um, some good um, principles basically, yes.
0: Lovely, thank you so, so much, Caroline. That was absolutely fascinating. I've learned so much from that. And um, I, I think it. I need to go and devise a training system now. <laughs> um, and obviously you're a very busy lady, but are you available ever for clinics or you know, to teach people or anything like that? Do you ever have availability in your schedule?
1: Uh, Yes, I I do do. Um, I do quite a lot of coaching in Leicestershire at Bellevue uh, and then a little bit around the country. I think when uh, we get off the lockdown, uh, which hopefully will be soon, um, um, I'll be slightly um, just prioritising championship riders and and riders that are are building up to things just for the first month. And then hopefully we'll get back into normality. And um, I'm having one as i said earlier um holiday of a lifetime at the moment it's amazing Her, that, um, yeah
0: yes you're enjoying a well-earned break aren't you caroline some time to yourself <laughs> well thank you so much if anyone does want to get in touch with caroline your facebook page is caroline Moore event coach um and they can message you through there can't they or they can email you and again your
1: details are um, that's better yes yeah lovely
0: Thank you so much. That's absolutely fascinating. Um, Loads of great comments coming through saying, thank you so much. Uh, It's been really interesting. I'll be taking away your advice, re-getting the basics right um, and spending some time on those. So um, thank you ever so much again, Caroline, and um, take care.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, Jenny. Bye-bye.
0: And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast so please do subscribe follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one bye everyone